This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. So since we last spoke, I've had a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings, a lot of things that I've written down in my notes section of my phone that all kind of relate. And I was able to also dig up a story from history, from Greek mythology. That would be super interesting to discuss. And it has to do with all of my thoughts. How brilliant. So we're just going to chat today. Very similar to last week, no super concrete plan because honestly, I really want to get back to this podcast being a spoken diary of my life. Like obviously we love the stories. I love the stories, but I also just love sharing about my life and what goes on in my head on a daily basis. So that's what we're going to do. So, okay. I want to first just take a moment to talk about the re-recordings of Red, Taylor Swift's re-recordings, the vault tracks all the videos, like everything. I feel like it would just be so wrong of me to not talk about it at all in the podcast. So bear with me. I just need to give my thoughts because I, the night before everything came out, I was like looking back at photos on Facebook because all of my like older photos, thank God, because I lost so much when I got a new phone like a couple years back. I lost like all my older photos. Facebook has a literal time capsule of the most humbling years of my life to look back on. So I actually was able to find like photo albums, like things that I put on my wall from back when Red was first released. Like I remember specifically when I got my license because I had just, I think I was 17. So I just gotten my driver's license, I guess. I got my driver's license at 16 and six months. That's what the law states in Maryland. And I remember like driving around in my car, like before school, listening to Red. I would even run like back when I made myself run, which haven't done that in a long time, but I would run before school and listen to Red. Like I would run to Taylor Swift, like nothing else amped me up more than Taylor Swift. So listening to all the songs now, like all these years later, it's such an experience because you remember how you were like when they first came out. And don't get me wrong, I listened before she released three recordings. I would listen to Red all the time, like her other version. Now, obviously, I'm only listening to Taylor's version because of obvious reasons. But I I just, there's something different about it now, listening to it with her mature voice, like the way that she's changed, the way she says certain words. Like I've seen TikToks on my feed where it's like it compares the old way she used to say things. It's almost like the way she sings certain words and phrases now is almost in like the way she says it is like a knowing way if that makes sense like the vibe it it sends me when I'm listening to it in the new form is serving very like I know so much more now vibes if that makes sense and like I respect my younger self and I'm like still like looking out for her but like I know so much more now that I'm older 
But honestly, I didn't even realize, like back when I was listening to this for the first time, I didn't realize that her relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal was only three months, which it like struck me recently as at first I was like, oh my God, it was only three months. Wow. She really wrote a lot of songs about it. But then I remembered, reflected rather on all of the situationships I've had in my life that have really destroyed me like in the moment. And for years on, like certain experiences have stuck with me. It doesn't matter how long the relationship was in terms of like how it affects you. Like people can go through year long relationships that they leave without a second glance. Like in the rear view you know like I have a friend of mine love her to death but with guys like she's been in a a bunch of relationships since her relationships began like since like I don't even know like as far back as she can remember she's like been in a relationship we've talked about it and she's so good at cutting the cord and like you know wiping her hands off and being like okay it's done like she'll break up with a guy and be like okay like nice knowing you no hard feelings and just like turn the page like nothing happened after like years. And I've always admired that about her. I'm at first I was like, okay, are you sure? Like, are you bottling something up? Do you want to talk about it? But she's like, no, honestly, that was a chapter of my life. It's, you know, it's it's like, thanks for the the memories, but I'm going to move on and go on on my own. She's so independent. Like, but that's just goes to show like you can go through a three year relationship and feel like, okay, that was whatever, you know, ends are tied. We're done. But a three-month relationship, three-month-long three relationship can really hit you hard. So it's, you know, Taylor's like teaching us that like it doesn't matter the amount of time per se for something to really affect you and you shouldn't feel guilty about that or like you're being dramatic. Like I'm all for processing your feelings and your heartbreak in a medium that makes sense for you. And for Taylor, it's writing songs. So all respect to her. She is just, she's a poet. Like I was laying in bed when I was listening to All Too Well for the first time, the 10 minute version. And certain parts of it, I was just like shook. Like I had to like grip onto my pillow because I was like, this is crazy. She is just, she really paints a picture. Like I can't believe that she's been just holding on to this for all of these years. Clearly this relationship was really massively important like to her in terms of like how it affected her how it like gripped her and so I'm just so proud of her for releasing this all these years later but you know the really interesting part of this so because she's putting out the Taylor's version re-recordings like she's doing this the whole reason she's doing it is to prove a point like everyone knows that the reason she's not just doing it for her own health I mean it's fun to revisit your old songs but you can just do a concert and do that. She is literally re-recording and releasing them on Spotify, iTunes, all the places because it proves her ownership. Like she is like, I own this because of Scooter Braun and Scott Borchetta and all those guys that like, you know, so to speak, like own her and have been selling her work without her permission and doing all this stuff. Like she is very much asserting her ownership because of these men. And in turn, Jake Gyllenhaal is being aired out. Like he's kind of been like gotten off scot-free for the past like, I don't know, decade or however long. And the only reason that this is all coming to light now again, and we are seeing a fuller picture than we saw before because we have the full 10-minute version. Like he was only roasted for like, what, like three minutes in the past version and now it's a 10-minute version. And the video, there's so many parts of the video that makes it so clear how young she was and 
potentially that he took her virginity and that was the scarf and like there's all these symbols that she's releasing now all these years later like this would not be happening Jake Gyllenhaal would have you know continued on his merry way and no one would have known the full extent I mean obviously many of us were already mad of mad at him for the three-minute version of what we heard but the only reason that this is all coming to light now is because of these men that stole her music like men are the problem (laughs) which power to Taylor for telling her story and not caring because I think part of me would be like I don't want to come across as like I'm still mulling over this still dwelling on this past thing but she quite literally like she is revisiting with each song with each album she puts out she's revisiting all of these old relationships and it's so empowering for her to be sitting here or standing here whatever she's doing in 2021 with her relationship that is so strong and this guy that really sees her and she's so confident despite all the the people that have come after her over the years and she's really like shown this strength and now she gets to revisit all these older selves like older versions of herself and almost kind of say okay younger self like we're gonna tell your story again because it's important and we're gonna sing it and we're gonna own it but like I said the way that she sings like some of the new verse or not new verses but like the the verses in a different way like the new way she sings certain words the way that she says it like the way that she sings is almost like I I know you I hear you like younger self but we've gotten through it like look at us now does that make sense like I'm just really I'm just freaking proud of her okay She doesn't even know who I am, but I'm proud of her. I'm proud of you, Taylor. (laughs) Love you. Anyway, so those are my thoughts. Just like very top line, very, very like shortened thoughts because I've – my group chats like the day that it came out were just exploding. Like everyone was like, Katie, are you still breathing? Like how's your pulse? Because it just – oh, I freaking love this girl. And actually, so I mentioned earlier I was looking back at old photo albums from when I was 17. That was when the album came out for the first time. And when I was looking through these photos, I saw all these girls, like friends of mine at the time. I didn't have many of them, but like the ones that stand out to me as being people I considered my best friend. I don't think they considered me their best friend, maybe, but I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. doesn't really matter. But I was looking back at these old photos of these girls and I, you know, the classic 2012 photos taken on like someone's camera that had to upload them onto Facebook. Like so crazy that we did that. We like had full on photo shoots and it's the poses. Everything is just so 2012 to me. But I was looking back and I was thinking about this one friend that I had. And it was around this time that I had this one friend and I was thinking about our relationship and how I was just I was so insecure back then. I mean, so many people were insecure when they were 17 in different ways. For me, I just I relied on people way too much in the sense that like it really crushed me if someone hung out with someone without me or like those sorts of things really crushed me now I know my friends like love me I don't need to be shown that every day I don't need to be at everything that they're doing you know I know that I have these really solid friendships now but back then I was really insecure in my friendships and in my relationships in general because I was going through a weird time where I was you know, still I was posting my life on the internet. Like I was on YouTube at this time, but people were making fun of me at school and I didn't know who to trust. And I had these like core friends throughout this period of time. Like I went through a few different ones. And at the time I like, 
I really just relied on them so much. And I now looking back, I'm like, I was always that that friend that was kind of the sidekick, you know, like the if they're available, like if it if they have a free afternoon, they'll call me and I was I would come over like immediately. I was never busy. I was like, I will be there. Like I was super available for these people because they were my life. Like I didn't have any of my own thoughts or I maybe I did and I put those on YouTube. But when I was around them, like whatever they said goes, I gave in so easily to peer pressure. I literally cut my hair into bangs because one of my friends did and told me I should do it and I did it and I was pissed afterwards. Like I did so many things because I just wanted the approval of these girls that I was friends with because that was the most important thing when you were 17, like being well-liked at school. That was the most important thing. Like I wasn't thinking about my future. I wasn't thinking about living in New York and having a job and, you know, being my own boss. Like that never crossed my mind. I always thought I was going to be reporting to someone in the sense of a career or a friend. Like I always thought of myself as just I will be the sidekick friend. I will be the person that will just trail around after this person. And that's so sad. Like I was just, I so, so, so wanted people's approval. I mean, I still do in some ways, which we'll get into. Like social media in a sense, it's like some things really do get to me, like likes on a photo, things like that. But today I will say, like I was thinking about this the other night because, okay, (laughs) weird thought, but sometimes smells bring you back to a certain time, right? Like certain scents, certain things. I was walking down the stairs in my building, like took the stairs. I always take the elevator up, but then I feel like it's stupid to take it down. So I'll just go down the stairs. And in the stairwell, you can kind of hear everything, smell everything from every floor in my building. It's kind of cool because if you go kind of slow, take the stairs slow, you can hear like who's having a party, who's making dinner. Like you can't hear people's like actual words, but you can kind of get the vibe of like what people are doing on every floor. I'm so freaking creepy. Anyway, so I was walking down the stairs, going out to meet my friends, and I smelled popcorn. And for some reason, guys, I don't know what triggered this memory. I don't remember like why this clicked. Maybe I was thinking about this photo album thing and I don't know. But when I smelled the popcorn, I was taken back in time, okay, transported back to this one very specific night in my youth, like when I was, I don't even know how old, probably 16 or 17, maybe, I think that was around the time because I think I could drive, maybe, who cares? Anyway, I was young and I remember this one specific friend of mine who I was the sidekick to. (sighs) Oh, it's like a bad memory to be honest, but she was like pining after this older guy not super old, okay? Like I think a year older than us or something, like two years older. I don't know. In high school, middle school terms, like a year older is like older, you know? It's crazy. But I remember she was like pining after this guy, was always like having me come over and like she was just going on and on about this guy. So she finally somehow got his attention and set up this like movie theater date because that's where everyone went on date nights like when we were young because it was cheap, it was easy, right? And you can like in the dark of the movie theater, like hold hands or something or like sneak a kiss. And it's like, I don't even know. That was like just the thing, right? So I remember she convinced me to go on a date with her because I think like her mom wouldn't let her go by herself or something. I don't really remember the the circumstances, but she really wanted to go on a date with this guy and I was her loyal sidekick. So she 
got one of his friends who was like creepy and like I did not like him at all. She was like, Katie, come on. He's so cute. Like, just come with us. Come to the movie theater with us. Like, it's okay. It'll be fine. Like, I'll be right there. And I was, you know, I wanted to support my friend. And I would honestly still do this today. Like, if a friend of mine was going on a date with someone and wanted just like a buffer, I would go. I wouldn't like pretend to like a guy for a friend. I would never do that. But I would go just to be supportive, but in a different way, not as a sidekick, but as a a loyal friend. It's like different, you know? Anyway, so I went along with it. I went on this date with her and this other guy, two guys, two girls, right? We're at the movie theater. I think I actually maybe made a video about this like years after, but anyway, so we go on the date and it was really strange because, so like I said, I don't think this guy was like really into her, to be honest. She was really trying to force it, but like we've all been there, right? We have this crush and we want to see it through. So he like picks us up, this guy, his friend picks us up, we go to the movie and when we get there, it was a weird thing because the guy insisted, like the guy that she had a crush on insisted on sitting next to me during the movie. So it was her, the guy that she liked, me and the guy that she wanted me to like, right? So it'd be easy for her. (laughs) So I was sitting in between the two guys and during like the movie, not like I think it was maybe like the credits in the beginning. I don't even know. The guy would not speak to her and was only talking to me. And I was like, oh my God, no. Like I just, I wanted this to go well for her because she was my friend and I wanted to be a part of this like success story for her. Like, I don't know. I just wanted it to work out for her. And this guy would just, was talking to me like maybe not even in a flirty way, but just was not talking to her, was talking to me, okay? And I was like internally panicking because I just knew from like years, like I didn't want the attention to be on me because then she wouldn't like me as much, right? Like I thought that she would be like, I'm not inviting Katie next time because the guy only wanted to talk to her. So I was panicking, giving like one word responses, not acting like I was enjoying it at all. And after the movie, she got so pissed at me. Like after we got home, I don't remember if this was like, via text or we were talking like at her house or something, but she got so mad at me. She's like, I can't believe you were talking to him. Like he barely talked to me, like all this stuff. It was like a classic fight that you have when you're like 16, 17. And it's like never the guy's fault, right? Now we're a little smarter. Like obviously it wasn't my fault, but at that time, I remember like this movie theater date, I'm like, I'm scarred now from movie theater dates, like smelling the popcorn took me back to realizing that like my friend was mad at me because of something I could not control. Like I didn't do anything wrong. I was the sidekick friend though. And she wasn't used to me getting more attention than her, right? Like that's why she kept me around because she, I made her shine brighter because I was, I don't know, which is sound, it sounds so sad when I'm saying this out loud, but This is like an experience I feel like a lot of people might have gone through or still go through in their life. And I was so the sidekick friend that I, from that point out, was like so cautious of who I talked to and how I talked to them and just made sure that whenever I was talking to this guy or anybody else, like I was amping up my friends, like I was talking her up and not talking about myself at all. And that kind of scarred me because then when I went to college, like I had a really hard time taking compliments, had a really hard time with friendships because I was so afraid of offending them. Because in the past, whenever I offended a friend, like they would drop me, 
like offended in a way that it wasn't my fault, like like that. Like when I took up too much of the spotlight unintentionally, like I was scarred. And even now in my friendships, like I have this still kind of this, it sticks around this fear of disappointing them. But I've learned that there's, I mean, obviously there's circumstantial things that change this, but for the most part in solid, good friendships, nothing you will do will will like t- cause the person nothing you'll do unintentionally especially will cause the person to drop you like a friendship is not a series of like they are the main character and you're the supporting character like you are all main characters in the friendship obviously there's certain moments where like you celebrate your friend's success and maybe it's not about you but you don't become this sidekick character with no original thoughts of your own Like that's not healthy. And I wish someone could tell me that when I was like 16, 17, when I was really, really upset after this movie date and my friend didn't talk to me for a couple of days because I unintentionally sabotaged her date, right? Like this just, it came back like a freaking tidal wave. And I honestly, it made me realize how great my friendships are now. It made me proud of myself and how I've grown. But it was just crazy how some people, like I think especially also when you're young, it's like, the attention, like you need that attention. And now social media has blown this into crazy proportions, like crazy heights, like how important and how narcissistic people can be on the internet. And I've been doing a lot of thought about that or thinking about that because I've gone to recently a lot of social media events in the city, especially after the pandemic, like TikTok has gotten huge. There's so many TikTokers in New York that I've been meeting, so many events for things that you know, obviously we haven't had events in a long time. Now we have like in-person events again and I'm getting to meet all these people that do different things on social media. I've been spending a lot more time on social media because I'm trying to learn the new trends because as a social media creator, it's like it's hard to learn new things without consuming a lot of the content. Like on TikTok, I am embarrassed by how long I spend on there because I'm trying to convert myself into making short form videos because Obviously, for like over a decade, I've been making these long videos on YouTube and it's hard. Like I was telling a girl last night who she has like 3 million followers on TikTok and makes these amazing short little makeup videos that I would honestly, if I was given the same concept and wasn't told how long to make it, I would make it like a 10 minute video. She's making it into a 30 second like or three minute. No, I don't know how long, like a minute long, maybe like video. And I was telling her, I'm like, She was telling me how she's like, I could never do YouTube because long videos, like, wow, that must take you so long. And I'm like, honestly, I feel like short videos take me longer to do. But maybe that's because I'm just, I'm not as well-versed in TikTok yet. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying to get into it. I posted some videos on there and it's been fun, but I'm like, oh my God, I've literally broke my back over this 30-second video. You're constantly learning new things. But thinking about TikTok and the success people have on there and also seeing how like I've seen the videos of TikTokers when they're like coming clean and they're not coming clean. They're just breaking down and talking about how the stress of putting out these videos and having all these followers like really gets to them and how like people are so real now, which I really appreciate in terms of like telling the, the world when they're having a bad day, like filming themselves crying when they cry and being like, this is normal and this is me and my full full self. Like I really admire that. But it makes me think about the implications of social media on us and how like it's become so normal to film yourself now. Like back when I was making my videos for the first time, like 
back in 2010 and on, like filming yourself was not normal. Now it's so normal, but it grazes the line of what am I posting online because I want to show people my outfit, show people my life and like peel back a layer and show people in different parts of the world, like how I live in New York and all that. Where is the line between I'm showing people this because I want them to see it and just enjoy it and whatever. And I'm showing this online because I, I'm like full of myself or I am narcissistic. So it made me think about narcissism and where it's all come from, why we enjoy seeing ourselves on the internet. Because honestly, I'm going to come out and say it. I watch my own Instagram stories many times. (laughs) And a lot of times I watch them like because I want to imagine how other people are seeing them. Does that make sense? Like if I notice a certain person, maybe I have a crush on them or whatever, viewed my Instagram story, I will literally watch the Instagram story again all the way through in the mindset of what they might be thinking, which is so weird, but I do it because I'm concerned still all these years later about what other people think. I am, okay? You guys know this. I've talked about it a bunch, but I was thinking about narcissists. I was thinking about the history of narcissists and how we're getting better, how we're getting worse. And it brought me to the story of Narcissus, Greek mythology. You guys might remember this. I think I've actually brought this up like in a past episode, like a year ago, but we're going to revisit it because it's still an interesting story. And if you're a new listener, whatever, you might want to hear it. So just some background. So Narcissus in Greek mythology, he was the son of the river god Cephasus and the nymph Liriope. And Narcissus was known for his looks. He was loved for his beauty. Legend has it, his mother Liriope was told by the blind seer Tiresias that he would have a long life so long as he never recognized himself. He never saw himself in a reflection or what have you. Obviously, there wasn't TikTok and Instagram in Greek mythology, but as long as he never saw himself, he'd be good. So he lived his life completely turning down the advances of others because, you know, he was this beautiful guy. He was chased around and every single person that, or God or nymph or whatever the heck, came after him. He was like, no thanks. He could not bring himself to love anyone. And his rejection of others drew upon him the vengeance of the gods. The gods were like, this is not happening. And so one day, Narcissus was confronted with his ultimate downfall, his Achilles heel. He fell in love with his own reflection that he saw in the waters of a spring. And his obsession ended up killing him in that very spot. And after he died, a flower sprung up in his place. And the flower was therefore called Narcissus, which you might know as a daffodil. So obviously, Narcissus, narcissist, same sort of thing, right? Narcissist came from Narcissus. So I'm thinking like these days, are we narcissists? I've listened to a lot of podcasts on like, are you a narcissist? Like the telltale signs, if you're dating a narcissist, things like that. But narcissism obviously is like the obsession with yourself to the point where like you can sabotage other people because you're so into yourself and you never think you can be wrong, things like that. And there's certain things you should practice to make sure you're not a narcissist. And I don't think I'm a narcissist necessarily, but I do think that sometimes there's this like delicate, fragile, wavering line that we walk when we are posting on social media. Because obviously I post my whole life on social media because that is what I do. And I think in a way, like labeling the term of what what I do as being like an influencer has like not helped the cause. <laughs> like it really does, I think, give people a big head sometimes. For me, okay, the other night actually, Adam was here 
And my friend Adam, you guys might know him because we do a podcast together and he's like the love of my life. But he came over the other night and he was like, like telling me things that I should do to like increase my social media following. Not like telling me, but we were just chatting about it. He's like, oh, you should probably do more of that because people like this or whatever. And I was like, I like snapped at him because I was like, I hadn't eaten anything. Okay. And I get hangry. And I was like, Adam, I don't want to grow my following. Like, I don't want to. I am very comfortable with the people I have now watching me. Like, I love you guys. I am afraid what would happen to me if I have more followers. Like, I would probably be like 10 times more insecure too. And like way the bigger spotlight, it's not something I want. I don't want a bigger spotlight. Like I also did not go into this knowing what influencing was. I mean, everyone freaking says this and it's like such a pick me girl thing to say. Like, oh, when I started on the internet, I didn't know I was gonna be famous. Like I truly started in my bedroom in 2009 when I was 14, did not think anyone would be inspired by me in a way. Like I just, I made my videos in the beginning as a diary just to maybe make a few friends along the way. Like I wanted some friends maybe, but like I didn't want all these people (laughs) commenting on how I live my life and all that. It's definitely something that's come along with it, obviously, that it doesn't take away from how special it is to me to do this. Like I love being able to share my life, but it gets to a point where like when I find myself becoming too obsessed with my likes and my views and I take a step back because that's not what I'm I want to be here for. You know what I mean? So anyway, let's just talk about the the need for social approval, okay? Us watching our own stories, pretending to be other people and thinking about what other people think of our content and getting really upset when our photos don't get the likes that we thought they would and things like that. Like, I think that the reason for this, I've been really thinking long and hard about it. I think rather than working on your inner self, like the, the problems that you face, talking to a therapist, you know, working through your stuff, because everyone has stuff, okay? Everyone has a mess that they kind of carry around with them and they either resolve it, they work on it, they try to heal that like inner child and work on those things and accept and forgive themselves or they just kind of carry it around like baggage that they carry around every day. And rather than working on your inner self, working on healing yourself, on loving yourself, you love to gather self-esteem from everyone else, like in the world. Like you pick up those likes and those comments and those like, you look amazing, like you've lost weight, like things like that. And you kind of like, you bolster yourself with that. You put those on, you wear them as clothes and you go around in the world and are like, you know, maybe I don't accept myself fully. Maybe I don't love myself fully, but all these other people love me and that's enough for me. And that like breaks my heart to think about because I think I do that a lot. I think I have things I haven't resolved still that I need to work on that I try to just dust under the rug and put nice pieces of furniture on top of that rug that other people give me, if that makes sense. And I think the root of the issue, guys, I bring this up like every freaking podcast episode, but there's so much that comes from this like part of human history. So the root of the issue is from our hunter-gatherer ancestors, okay? I think, honestly, if we all took a shot every time I say hunter-gatherer in an episode, like we'd be drunk. Because at that time, Okay, separation from the group. Like you're in this tribe, this group. And if you were separated from that group for some reason, if you were, you got like disapproval from the majority, it would mean that your survival was at stake and no one wanted to be deemed an outcast for this reason. That would mean that they would literally die if they didn't have the protection of the group, the food, the gathering, all that stuff. Like they would literally die. 
And people were afraid of that. People were, you know, later than that, afraid of being called a witch if they did anything different. Like if they if they weren't loved by someone, if they were a an old maid and had a cat, they'd be like, oh no, I'm going to be called a witch. Like I have to stick close to the group. I have to, that's why people like a lot of times in a friendship or like in a friend circle, like become that sidekick friend because they're so afraid of being cut out. Like when I was young, that was my biggest fear. I was afraid of the 17-year-old equivalent of being called a witch. Like I didn't want to be a witch. I wanted to be just one of the crew. I wanted to be like one of the friends. But because I didn't have love for myself, because I just so, so, so strongly sought the approval of these girls and everyone else, like I, I lost myself. Okay. And I've worked on finding her. I think I'm doing a good job right now or I'm in the right direction and I rely a lot less on other people for my approval, but I, I still think I struggle with this and social media really is not helping. It's not helping. And I think, okay, another element of it is the dopamine rush you get when you like maybe didn't think a photo was going to do well on Instagram and then it does or like you get some like opportunity because like when I like post things and like a brand will reach out to me and like I'm like oh my god I feel so seen I feel so loved Ugh. and I just you know it's because I'm not I haven't worked through my own stuff I think and that's why I do a lot of self-sabotaging things like take on way too many tasks and take on way too many opportunities because I just need other people to tell me I'm doing a good job you know and ugh. It all stems from childhood, everyone. <laughs> Say it with me. I'm learning so much from talking through all of my stuff. Honestly, this podcast has helped me so much just like talk through things because like I didn't even realize half these things were bothering me and I didn't like really identify the feelings before I had this podcast, to be honest. But I mean, this is just like an outpouring of thoughts. I don't really have solutions. I think biggest solution is seek therapy when you feel that something is unresolved. There's no reason to start therapy. Like you don't need a reason. I think a lot of times you just need to talk through things you might not even know are weighing on you still. Like a lot of times there's so many built up things that we can't even like give a name to until we talk through and it just starts like pouring out, you know. So anyway, guys, that's what's on my mind now. And I just I worry. I worry about the future of this industry. Like, where is it going to go from here? I mean, I said it when I was making these videos and stuff in 2009, all those years ago, like I had no idea it was going to get to this magnitude of how much people put on the internet. Like even to think that like what, like six years ago, maybe more, maybe less, there weren't even Instagram stories. Like Snapchat stories happened first and I was so hellbent on making Instagram stories when the feature came out because I was like, I'm not going to betray Snapchat like that. And now I don't make Snapchat stories anymore. Like, it's so crazy how things just become so normal. Like, it's normal now. And if I don't post on my story for a day, people think I died. But like, what's next? Like, are we just going to have like a webcam on us all day long so people can see us every second of the day? Like, I already put like 10 minutes of my life on the internet. But like, is there going to be a way kind of like um, Friday Night Lights, right? Isn't that the show where she like film? she has a webcam? And she like broadcasts what she's doing. Like how much more can we show? I think maybe it'll become a trend to like disappear for a while. You know, it's always the opposite of what you think. But there's no possible way we can predict. It's all about, I think, just sitting with yourself and realizing when it all becomes too much and when you start to lose yourself and only focus on other people. I need to do that more. I think I need to journal more. 
I don't know where my journal is. I have not written in so long. I need to do that. Oh my God. People always ask me on Instagram. They're like, like, do you still journal? And I'm like, yes, but like a lot of it is, it's not like fully baked thoughts. And like, I need to do that more because I know I'm going to regret it later. Journaling is the best thing I've done and I have been slacking. Anyway, okay, that's my scrambled like half an hour of thoughts. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Are we narcissists or are we just normal? That is my like takeaway from this episode. Like normal being like normal for the times. Like it's become so normal to like post things and people like Kim Kardashian and that whole clan have made an empire out of it. Like Kim, let's not forget. She's that book of selfies. Let's not forget. <laughs> so where do we go from here? That is my my closing question for you guys. Where do we go from here? All right. I will talk to you guys all next week on the pod. A reminder, I have another podcast that comes out on Tuesdays, Match Made in Manhattan. So I have Match Made in Manhattan Tuesdays and Thick and Thin Thursdays. Your girl is busy with the microphone. Okay. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.